Good morning. That was decent. Good morning. You guys are quiet this morning. Let's, let's practice something. Everybody say amen. That was decent. Say amen. About a yeah. Come ons are acceptable. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. So um, you've practiced now, so we've got it out there. You can do that if you feel the need. Um, that's right. That's right, brother. Man, good morning. I'm sweating. That's the best kind of worship, isn't it? Um, man, so excited to be here with you guys this morning and so excited to continue the series in just a moment. I just want to kind of pause and say uh, thank you to anybody who was involved in Bible school in any way. Uh, man, it's it's an amazing thing, um, Bible school is. And it's a crazy machine, and it's a week of like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I signed up for this. But, man, it's amazing. And um, I believe in Bible school because I was saved at Bible school. Um, so I have like a personal connection with that. And I know like maybe it's like... <coughs> Maybe it is a long week, and I can't even complain because it's summer for me, right? But for some of you guys, you're like waking up and going to work, whatever that is, and, and then you're coming home if you get to, and then you're coming straight um, to Bible school, and there's, I don't even want to start thanking people because it'd be like crazy, but just if you did something, um, thank you, and that was awesome, and um, man, such a... Such a good week, um, and uh, just such an amazing thing to see. Just the the littlest to the biggest in our church who have been touched by God um, this week, and um, just crazy, right? How many kids were students were here? Like twenty something middle school and high school students. That's crazy. Um, there was, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, if you can get a middle schooler and a high schooler to come to church, you've done something right. Um, so that's pretty good. And um, man, I think uh, total like. Some, I think I heard, like, I didn't even ask, so I'm totally not prepared to tell you a number, but there were, like, 50-something um, kids that showed up or something, just crazy, uh, from just the little bitties to, like, high school, and that's awesome, and um, I just thank God for that. It's been a good week. Um, it's been a tiring week for some of you guys. Um, bless you. Um, get you a teacher job so you can sleep during Bible school, um, but... Um, Man, just so thankful um, for what God's doing and what God's done and letting us be part of it. Isn't it amazing that God uses very little people to do very big things? Uh, that's amazing, and um, I just love it. So anyway, um, this morning we're going to be in the Bible. That's good. We're going to be, uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew 6, if you want to turn there for just a minute. But I'm going to pray. Um, I'll be honest, it's three verses long. Um, so if God doesn't talk, 1130 is possible, right? Um, so um, that's right, sandwich day. Um, but let's pray, and um, you can pray for me. I'm going to pray for me and pray for you. Um, Father God, this morning we thank you. Yeah, we're just praying that you just speak into this place, God, that you move um, in a way that only you can move. God, this morning we know that for some of us we carried a lot of tired in this place this morning and we carried a lot of maybe burdens in this place this morning. Um, I know I got some and I'm sure they do. God, in reality, um, every person that's on this planet needs you this morning and it doesn't matter um, what the reason is. As long as we can admit this morning that we need you, Jesus, I believe that you'll be found so, God, this morning, I'm praying that you just move in me, move in my heart. God, that you'll speak to me this morning. Um, God, I think I know what you're going to say, but I pray, God, I don't. Um, I pray, God, that even, even for me this morning, it'll be fresh. Um, 
If the word of God's living, that means this time it's different than last time. Um, same words on the page, but God, I believe you got another shovel full. Um, and next time you're going to have another shovel full. So God, I pray that you just help me unpack some of the mysteries of your word this morning um, for me. Because um, I want you. I didn't show up just to talk. Um, God, but also for them. God, that you make our hearts receptive. Um, and I put me in that. Um, God, that you give me ears to hear and you give me eyes to see. Um, that God, this morning, all the things that could distract won't. All the things that I could have carried in here, um, I can just check right now at your feet. If I want them when I leave, I can take them, but I don't need them right now. Um, so God, this morning, I just want to just give in and ask you, God, that you would just do what you need to do. However long it is, God, I pray it's deep. Um, so, God, we need you, and we love you, and we thank you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. Um, and this morning, we're going to be in Matthew 6. And I know maybe some of you guys are like, he prays a lot. Yeah, I do, because um, I realize what I'm made out of, and I realize who I am. And there's no power in anything that I can do. It's all in him. So if he doesn't show up, we wasted a whole morning. We could have been doing something else. And um, I just need him. So I just want you to know I'm frail and I'm aware. Um, I'm not good and I'm aware. Um, but I know who is. And this morning, if we can just tap into that, man, I'm believing God for something amazing this morning. So this morning, we're going to be in Matthew 6. I think I've said that like four times, so hopefully you're there. And uh, we're going to continue the series, Look Up. We started a few weeks ago. Um, thank you, Sade. We started a few weeks ago a series called Look Up. And really what I hope it's doing, because it's doing it for me, is just challenging our perspective I think so many times it's uh, so easy to get caught up in horizontal thinking, and maybe you're like, that's weird, I don't know what that is. Um, and it's, to me, just this um, temptation to focus on what's down here. Like, I don't know if you're like me or not, but I kind of live down here. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you're at, right? You maybe, you maybe have a house in heaven and you go there every day, but I don't. Um, I live down here. And... Um, I deal with stuff because I live down here, and it's so easy to get kind of our eyes fixed on what's down here in front of us, and it, it works the same for me, right? Maybe mine's different than yours. Like, sometimes I get fixated on, like, how do you do the church thing, right? Like, <laughs> how, do, how do you grow this? How do you lead? How do you pastor? And, and to be honest, there's no good answer for that. It's all Jesus, and um, you, can, you can make a thing. You can build a kingdom, but if you build your kingdom, then you've done the wrong thing, and... Um, but it doesn't mean it's not easy to get fixated on that, right? Um, doesn't mean it's not easy to get fixated on, like, money. I like money. Do you like money? Like, money's nice. Um, if I had a, you might not answer that, but if I had a stack of hundreds and I was like, Let's line, if you want one, line up. Like, I'm pretty sure everybody would get in line. So you like money, too. Um, and if you don't like money, you like stuff, right? <laughs> and you got to have money to have stuff. So, like, um, we can get fixated on those things. Get fixated on like relationships and people and trying to make everything work. And I, I could list like a million things this morning, but I think we would all admit, if we were being honest, it's really easy to get caught up in thinking about what we can see. Um, but for the church, God has called us kind of to something else. He's, he's actually made us creatures that have the ability to think beyond what we see and into eternity that we can have vertical thinking is what I like to call it, this thinking about heaven and what's in heaven. Um, 
And what I hope this series is doing is challenging us to maybe pull up our eyes off of this stuff down here that has no ability to fulfill, if we're honest, has no ability to, to, to make us whole, has no ability to really do anything but cause us a lot of trouble and worry and doubt and frustration into something else, into kind of some resurrected thinking maybe, some, some upward thinking. And uh, we've been talking about that the past few weeks, and this morning we're just going to continue that um, and really, I don't know when it's going to end. So <laughs> it could be this week. It could be 17 weeks from now. I have no idea. Um, God likes vertical thinking. He talks about it a lot. So we'll just kind of see where he goes. But this morning, <laughs> let's not worry about next week yet. This morning, we're going to be in Matthew 6. And we're going to talk about um, some of that vertical thinking. God, just challenge our perspective this morning. This morning, uh, Matthew 6 kind of falls in the middle of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. If you think about what um, Jesus has done so far in his ministry, you're only six chapters in, right? Um, He's been decided to start his ministry, right? He's been baptized by John. He's called a couple of disciples, and then kind of towards the end of chapter 4, beginning of 5, he kind of walks up a mountain and he sits down to teach and what follows is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest uninterrupted section of the teachings of Jesus we can find in the Bible and it runs from Matthew 5 to the end of chapter 7 and it kind of ends in chapter 8 verse 1 where it says, and Jesus got up and he went down the mountain, right? Um, So long, long section of teachings. It's mostly moral teachings, how to live, how to follow God. And he starts out in chapter 5 with one of the most famous maybe sections of scripture called the Beatitudes, right? And it's the blessed are the blank for they shall blank. And I think my favorite one of those is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Um, And I just love it because um, what is the definition of righteousness? It's Jesus. And what it's saying is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for Jesus because everybody that's hungry and thirsty for Jesus is going to be filled. It's beautiful. Um, and um, he's, he's teaching for a while and he gets kind of into what we would know as chapter six. I think he just calls it teaching. Um, and we're going to kind of land about verse 19. And Jesus says, kind of without transition, um, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. That's amazing, right? Awesome Jesus. Um, He says, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. And I know for maybe most of us, we've probably heard that before and we're like, oh yeah, it's cool. Um, But imagine being these people on the mountain this morning, right? It's like you just rolled up to hear Jesus teach and he's been teaching through the Beatitudes and he did some other stuff and um, the Lord's prayers in there. I think it's right before this. And um, Anyway, he gets to a moment and he says, hey, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, I don't know if you can imagine this or not, but probably most of the people on the mountainside this morning are not people that would consider themselves to have a lot of treasure. Most of the people that rolled up on the mountain this morning are probably average people, maybe some below that, maybe some above that, but but just normal people and they're probably like, well, what's wrong with treasure, right? What's wrong with treasure? Maybe I don't even consider myself to have treasure, but even if I don't, like, wouldn't it be nice to have some treasure? Like, Jesus, do you have a problem with treasure? What's wrong with treasure? Like, isn't it awesome if I've been blessed with some treasure? That'd be good today, right? 
I think today if I was like, anybody want some treasure, we'd probably all line up to get some treasure, right? Like if I had a box of some gold up here, we'd all line up for that. That'd be pretty nice. And if you didn't line up for it, I would take it home because I would like to have some treasure. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, so to these people and hearing this, it'd be like, well, that's kind of weird. Jesus, are you against treasure? And I don't think Jesus, by the way, is against stuff or money. I don't, I don't think you could point that out and find that. Maybe, maybe he is, but I, don't, I think it's the mentality more so than than the substance. And he looks at these people and he says, don't collect for yourself treasure on earth. Don't, don't seek treasure on earth. To which my question, why not, right? Uh, who wouldn't want some treasure? Like even after hearing that, you're like, oh, I'd still want some money, right? If I, did anybody's heart change when I read that to you? Like do we need to pass the bucket around again? Like anybody's like, okay. Put your whole wallet in there. It'd be great. Leave your credit card. Don't cancel it. It'll be awesome. Thank you for blessing us, right? Like, anybody's heart change? Anybody need the bucket? Right? Like, no? Okay, cool. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Just, just worth a shot. Um, but he looks at these people, and he's like, don't collect for yourself treasure on earth, to which my question, if I was on the mountain this morning, sitting there, hearing this for the first time, would be, well, why not? Anybody ever read that and thought that? Like, Okay. Maybe, because why, right? Why is, why is it bad to collect for yourself treasure on earth? I just want to know that, Jesus. If you're going to tell me, please tell me why. Luckily, he does. Um, he says where, I'll, I'll read it up. It's three verses, so I, I kind of have it memorized, but I'll read it. Just make sure I get it right. Where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Here's, here's his reasoning for that. Um, don't store up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in and steal. He's like, Points, pointing out here the temporary nature of treasure, right? Thank you. Hallelujah. Um, he's pointing, I know, this is me and John. Uh, we're good, brother. Um, we're good. Thank you. Um, but he points out the temporary nature of treasure here. He just, treasure doesn't always stay treasure, right? Don't store up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust will destroy. It's, it's going to go away, or somebody's going to take it. Or I would add, right, if I was Jesus, or you're going to die. Right. See, the reality of it is treasure is temporary, and if it's not, you are. So don't store up for yourself treasure on earth. It's just what he's saying, right? Looking at these people, and he's like, hey, I know that you would like to have some treasure, but remember, treasure is temporary, right? All treasure has a shelf life. Valuables aren't always valuable, is what he's saying. Actually, your valuables maybe aren't even valuables to me. See, what Jesus is not talking about in this moment is, is, is just money, right? Some of you are like, I don't have any money. I tuned out, right? Like, I don't have treasure. It's awesome. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got this one. Um, but treasure is, is treasure, different things depending on who you are. Like maybe treasure is, is a car, right? Let's just throw that out there. You're like, I want a new car. And then you get a new car, and then it's not a new car anymore. Maybe for a moment or two, you got the new car smell. And then even if it doesn't fade away, you don't notice it anymore. And then somebody hits your car with a buggy at the Walmart, or you got kids. And that's just, that's not going to go well for your new car. It doesn't matter. You're going to find McDonald's french fries in there six months later. They're still going to look the same, so you're not going to know they're six months later. But, like, it's, it, McDonald's fries, are, they do not have a temporary life. Like, they look the same six years from now you could put them in a time capsule 100 years from now they're gonna be like french fries like it just they don't change it's magic i don't know how they do that i probably don't taste this i've never tasted one but they don't change look let's put it that way um there's not real food in there if that doesn't happen but um 
cars don't stay new forever, do they? See, it's awesome. I got a new car one time, and um, the next year it wasn't new anymore. And then the next year it was two years not new, and the next year it was three years not new. And now I'm like almost five years not new, and I'm like, there's a little bit of me that's like, I'd like to have a new car, but I don't want a new car payment, so I'm just going to keep my old car. But like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's temporary. It won't be new forever. It's going to break, or it's going to get old, or somebody's going to break it for you. It's just how it works. Um, money, it works the same way, right? Let's just drop the whole it changes value all the time thing. But, um, like, money doesn't last forever, does it? Because eventually you're going to spend it or it's going to be worth less. Or, um, cheery this morning, you're going to expire. They're going to put you in a hole. And even if your wallet goes with you, you can't do anything with the money there. Right? Like, uh, you could go on, like, but in reality, value, valuables don't always stay valuable, do they? All those things have a, a shelf life, an expiration date, and if even they don't, you do. And Jesus just points that out. He's like, hey, by the way, um, you're going to work for this stuff, and it's going to go away. Now, I know, like, if I ask the has your heart changed question yet, then we pass out the book, and it's going to look the same, right? It's going to look the same. Um, because if I was sitting on the mountain, I'd be like, I'm fine with that. Right? I mean, test me, right? Like, uh, give me a hundred bucks. I'll spend it. I'll buy something. It'll break. But I mean, I'm going to have it for a little while. That does not, that's not a deterrent, right? Is it? Anybody like, oh, no, that's right. I never want a new car ever again. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Like, No. I'll just quit work and live outside. Like, anybody there yet? Like, I'm not there. If I'm sitting on the mountain, I'm like, that's cool. Um, I, want, I still want to try it. Give me some of that treasure, right? These are not rich people sitting on the mountain. They're people like us. They're just kind of in the middle, right, or maybe lower than the middle. Maybe there's a guy up there It's like, I got a lot of treasure. But here's the amazing thing about having a lot of treasure. You always want more treasure. That's why rich people still work, right? Like, there's not, like, ever just a top where you're like, I've got enough. I mean, I don't even know what Bill Gates does, but he's probably still working. His net worth is still doing this, right? Because somehow $42 billion just isn't enough when you're Bill Gates, right? You want 43 and then 44 and then 45. Like it's, a, it's endless. And that's what I think Jesus is talking about here when he says don't store up for yourself treasures on earth because it's, it's going away. What he's talking about here is not, tre- I don't think Jesus has a problem with treasure. Like, live where, you're, live where you're blessed at. If God gives you money, like, be blessed, right? If God doesn't give you money, be blessed, right? Live where, live where you're at. Live where God places you. But I think he's talking about a mentality here. Have you ever met somebody that you, you maybe you are this person, they're always chasing something. Maybe, maybe it's money for them. Like it's always like, I need this job because this is going to put me in this spot. And then I need this promotion because it's going to raise me to this. And then I'm going to transfer over here because my resume is going to look better. And then it's going to be here. And they're like 12 years down the road financially already, probably living like it already too. Um, and, and they're chasing that job because at the end of the day, the next job means more money. And I'm not saying God doesn't, like, elevate us into different spots. I'm not saying go live poor. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that they have a heart of, I want this, so I'm going to do this. And they're always chasing that thing. And it's like, it maybe, maybe they even aren't 12 years down the road, but they're like, I need this job, and then I'll be happy. 
And then they get that job and they're not happy. And then it's like, I'm going to move to this job and now I'm not happy. I move this job and like two months I'm happy, but I'm not happy. And I move this job. It's like always trying to get somewhere. It's a mentality and the mentality is I need more. I need more stuff for the storehouse. I need to put more stuff in storage. I need more of that. Or maybe it's like always the next car, right? Like you met those people, those people blessed, right? Like they got a new car and then there's a new car and they got a new car and then there's a new car and they got a new car. And every time you're like, man, I thought your car was red. And they're like, well, it was Tuesday, but now I have a new one, right? You've met those people and always chasing the thing. And it's like, I just need the thing. And you can, like, apply that to anything, right? Like, they're, they're, you've met those people, though. Like, they're just never happy for very long. You ever met somebody that, like, within a period of five years has moved, like, four times? You know why? Because they thought that house would make them happy, and then it didn't because the sink wasn't right. And instead of just changing out the sink, they just they got a new house, right? <laughs> it wasn't as close to Walmart as I thought, so I'm just going to move again, like, right? You've met those people. Maybe you are those people. And Jesus is saying to those people, right? Room full of those people, mountain full of those people. Stop chasing. Stop chasing stuff. Why stop chasing stuff? Because treasure has a temporary lifespan. Valuables aren't always valuable. Right? And we're still probably in the monetary realm of things, but you could just apply that to anything because there's people that chase substances and there's people that chase relationships and there's people that chase power and there's people that chase pleasure. There's all, there's all kinds of things. And, and, and to them, that's the treasure, right? There's people with treasure that have no money. See, actually, do we have the definition of treasure back there? I think we got it. I'm going to put my binoculars on because that's small. But treasure is just a, I'm going to read it from back here. It's bigger. It's a quantity of precious metals. That's monetary or gems. I don't have any of those, but that's cool. Or other valuable objects. Who ascribes value to an object? You do, right? I have 45 bobbleheads now. Got six of them this week. (laughs) That's more, actually, I think, than six. But... You maybe don't care about them, but I like them. Treasure. To me. This is something that you keep carefully, a valuable or valued item, and then it says synonyms are to cherish or to hold dear or to prize or to value greatly. That's, that's treasure. And when Jesus says, don't store up for yourself treasure on earth, he's talking about anything that you, treasure, that you cherish, you hold dear, you prize, or you value greatly. It doesn't have to be money. Let me just put some words around that. Anything that's worth wrapping your life around is your treasure. Anything you value to the point that you would wrap your life around it is your treasure. If that's a person... That's your treasure. If that's your family, that's your treasure. Whoever you put in that seat, whatever you put in that seat, that's your treasure. And God's saying it's not worth building your life around. That spouse, it's not worth building your life around. That kid, right? It's okay to love your kids. It's not okay to put them in God's seat. It's not okay to wrap your life around them. 
It's okay to enjoy stuff. I enjoy stuff. It's okay to enjoy places. I enjoy places. But what Jesus is saying to these people on the mountain today is, it's okay to enjoy it in my context. I'll I'll be honest. God gives us things. Everything that was made was created by God, which means first it belonged to him. And if you have it, God's blessed you with it. Your job, hate it or love it, God blessed you with it. And your paycheck, hate it or love it, God blessed you with it. And he says, enjoy it in the right context. Your relationships, right? God gave you that person. That person didn't materialize one day because you decided you wanted a person. God created that person. That person was birthed onto the planet, and he sustained them till this day. And you can't do anything to keep them alive, but God wakes them up every morning. And he said, you can enjoy that person in the right context. Hobbies. I love hobbies, right? I got 45 hobbies. Like, there's hobbies everywhere. God says you can enjoy hobbies in the right context. And I can go down the line. I can get unpopular with it, right? I'm not going to. But if it was made, God made it. And if you have it, he gave it to you to enjoy. But he gave it to you to enjoy in the right context. And the right context is never wrapping your life around that thing. And I'll be honest, a lot of times when we wrap around our lives around that thing, God will sometimes come in and take that thing. And then you don't have a life. So God looks at these people and he says, treasure is temporary. Don't wrap your life around it. And I think we would miss the point of everything Jesus is saying if we didn't pause a minute and think about what is our treasure. See, God didn't just say a bunch of words for some people on a hill today. This is written down for us, and these words are for us. And what God's saying today is, what do you wrap your life around? And is that thing temporary? And if it's temporary, it's going away, or you are. And at the end, where does that leave you? What's your treasure? What's that thing that you cherish above everything else or value above everything else? What's that relationship, that person, that spot, that seat? What is is that? Isn't it amazing? You didn't write that question, but it's, it's clearly there, isn't it? A lot of times I think we just read this to get to the next verse. And this morning it's like God saying, let's just stop here for a moment. Because here's the reality. You may have nothing, but you have something that you treasure. You have something that you're building everything on. And then to that moment, Jesus gives us an alternative. He says, but, it's a transitional phrase, collect for yourselves treasures in heaven. What's Jesus say? Don't worry about focusing on everything down here because everything down here is temporary. Focus on what's up here. Treasure is temporary if it's earthly treasure. And then Jesus, because we're his people called out by his name who have a a different destination, 
He gives us an alternative. He doesn't say just don't enjoy anything. He says focus, build your life around, wrap your life around something else. Treasure what's in heaven is really what he's saying. Place for yourself treasures in heaven. And he says here's why. Because nothing in heaven is temporary, right? Moths don't really matter in heaven. I'm not saying they're not there. I've never been there yet. Um, but they're not going to destroy Rust, I, I don't know, maybe people enjoy rust. Maybe heaven will have rust for people to enjoy. I have no idea. <coughs> but it won't be on my car. This is just, rust won't destroy, and, and there's no thieves to break in and steal is what he's saying. He's, treasure here is temporary, but treasure there is eternal is what he's saying. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, what is he talking about, right? Because I'm hearing this for the very first time. I'm on the mountain today, and Jesus is speaking down the mountain, and I'm hearing this, and I've never been to heaven, so I don't know how the economy of heaven works, and I don't know if they have, like, heaven dollars and stuff like that or a heaven ATM. I don't know if there's a heavenly bank account, and I don't know if I have a heavenly ATM card. I have no idea. But Jesus is telling me to store up for myself treasures in heaven. How do I transfer treasure here to there, right? How am I going to, where, where do I need to, what bank do I need to open up here to deposit my dollars there is, is what I'm asking if I've heard this for the first time today. Like, how am I going to get a heavenly car, right? Like, how, how am I going to get my treasures to heaven? What's he talking about? Well, I mean, I don't think it's money. I don't think it's money. I'll be honest. I don't know how the economy works in heaven, but I don't think he's talking about money. You know why? Because God paves the streets with gold, right? I don't think gold matters there. I think what God's saying there is it's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be like asphalt. And it's, not, it's not really worth our chasing. It's going to be gates made of pearls, right? Like, I don't know how that's going to work. It's probably going to be awesome. But the things we value, God builds with, right? It's like God's building material in heaven. We will fight and die over gold, and God's like, I paved the streets with it. You don't have to worry about those things. So I don't think what he's talking about is like a heavenly bank account. And some of us, maybe we're like, well, it's like people that are going there, right? Like when, when my friends get there, and when that, that's the treasure, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that mom and dad, I love you, mom, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the most valuable part of heaven for me. I want them to go. I want to be there with them. But that's not the only reason I want to go. Some people would argue like, like souls, right? Like you're supposed to go out there and you're supposed to win people to Jesus and then they're going to go to heaven and that's your treasure in heaven. I don't believe that. That's awesome. And we want people to go to heaven and God's invited us to be engaged in that mission. I don't think that's the treasure of heaven though. If they're here already, God says not to treasure things here but to treasure things there i don't think that's what he's talking about some of you talks about crowns in the in the bible right we're, we're gonna get crowns bunches of crowns that's awesome make me feel good about myself i'm so i'm such a king yeah we're gonna throw those at his feet because we don't deserve crowns he deserves crowns any crown i get here is just going to be given back to him there because i don't des- i'm not worthy of a crown people that make it to heaven know that so what's he talking about I believe in this moment, Jesus is inviting us to treasure the treasure of heaven. 
The treasure of heaven is not the streets of gold. I just want to tell you that because I don't think everybody knows that. The treasure of heaven is not the gates and it's not the mansion over the hilltop, whatever that is. They're not there. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you're going to heaven to get a mansion, you're going to be in a room in the Father's house. It's just what the Bible says. Somebody that wanted a mansion translated it wrong. I love you. It's not. If you're upset now, then don't go. The treasure of heaven is not mom and dad, and it's not friends, and it's not, it's not the treasure of heaven. They're, gonna, they're the rubble of heaven, just like me. God let me in. Everything's made of gold here but me. <laughs> what is the treasure of heaven? Let me ask you this. You ever read Revelation? What are, what's everybody singing about? Who's sitting on the throne in heaven? Who, who do we say that God... You emptied the storehouses of heaven to give to us. What's the only one-of-a-kind thing in heaven? Right? You could, God can speak more diamonds. He can speak more universes. He can speak more people. He can do all that stuff, but there will never be another one of this one. Who is the one? Who's the treasure of heaven? You know what Jesus is saying when he says, don't store up for yourself treasure here because it's going to pass away, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven where nothing can destroy it, nothing can take it away, nothing, it never has an end. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying treasure the treasure of heaven. Who is the treasure of heaven? The treasure of heaven is Jesus. He's saying treasure me. He's looking at these people on this mountain who are chasing every other manner of thing who have wrapped their lives around everything but God, and Jesus is saying to them, we can turn back from this. It's not too late. I know you've treasured everything else, but it's not too late to change what you treasure today. I know you've poured your life into everything else, but it's not too late to change what you treasure today. God is inviting us. Jesus is inviting us to see the only one who is worthy of anything. He's saying, look at the treasure of heaven and treasure it. It's not temporary. Everything else here, everything else we know, it has an expiration date. It's going to fall apart. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to let you down. It's going to leave you. And Jesus is standing in front of these people. Someone who will never leave us, says a friend who will stick closer than a brother. Someone who knows even the hairs on our heads, right? It's, it's that guy. And he's saying, you can treasure something that will never let you down. You can treasure something today that, that will never fall short. You can treasure something today that will never leave you. You can treasure something today that will never be stolen, that can never be taken away. You can treasure something today that's supremely valuable and supremely sufficient. You can treasure something today that's worth more than anything you've ever seen or experienced. They, they wrap the word holy around this guy because there's nothing else like him in the universe. See, everything was created except for the creator and everything will pass away except for the one who made everything everything and he's standing there and he's saying you can treasure today the treasure of heaven Jesus is inviting everybody on the mountain today to wrap their lives around something that won't let them down and who is it it's Jesus it's Jesus can we just throw the definition for treasure Back up there, do we still have that? The quantity of precious metals compared to Jesus, that doesn't even matter. You can have all the precious metals in the world and it's going to leave you on a hole in the ground. You can have all the gems, right? You're going you're to adorn everything you own with gems and you're still going to go in a box. 
You can have the nicest car on the planet and you can change every 30 minutes. But you're going to go in a hole. Every other object that we would consider valuable in this place, everything that we've ever seen or experienced is a lesser to that greater. Something that we keep carefully, right? A, value, a valuable or valued item. What item do you have that can get you from here to eternity? What item do you have that can, that can purchase salvation and get you out of your sin and your guilt and your shame and your worthlessness? What, what item can you get that will never make you want another item? And he says, here's the litmus test for that. You cherish it. You hold it dear. You prize it. And you value it greatly. Oh, I treasure Jesus. Do you cherish him? Or do you go to church? Oh, hold him dear. Do you or do you just hold your hands up? Oh, I prize him. Do you? Or do you just kind of pray sometimes? I value him greatly. Do you or do you just value the ability to drop some money in the bucket? God didn't say on the mountain, did he? Um, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. Go to church instead. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. Be very religious. What do you say? Don't treasure things on earth because they're nothing. They fail in comparison to the treasure of heaven. And today, I came, I left heaven, I came here, I was born, I lived a perfect life. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the hill today because you see that I'm unlike anything you've ever seen before. And today, I'm inviting you not just to pray to me, and not just to sing to me, and not just to show up and hear people talk about me. I'm inviting you today to treasure me. You can cherish Jesus. So if you've never heard that language before, you can wrap your life around Jesus and enjoy it. You can hold Jesus dear. You, you, can, you, you can actually find fulfillment in Jesus. You can prize Jesus. It's not like we won some prize. Right? Oh, you don't have to go to hell. We can prize Jesus. The side effect of that is amazing. But we can actually love and want and desire him. We can build our life around him. We can value him greatly. But we're never going to do it. We're never going to do it until we realize that he is the treasure. He says, you can store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moth and rust and thief can't take or destroy. His name is Jesus. And he is enough. He is sufficient. He will allow you to find fulfillment in a world of disappointment. And then he drops this little key phrase in here. In 21, he says, For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be. Where's your heart? Because when you find your heart, you'll find your treasure. What's that thing you spend the most time thinking about? That's your treasure. Where's that thing you spend the most time pursuing? The most time doing? Where's that thing that, that when, we, when, we, when we pull all the other stuff away, when we peel back all the layers of our life, what's, it, what's in the center of that? Oh, I love Jesus. That's great. But he's in the center. Because if he's not, he's not your treasure. Where's your heart? Because where your heart is, if you trail that back, we'll find our treasure. I know we hear that today, and if we're honest, man, most of our hearts wouldn't exclaim, oh, yeah, Jesus, that's the treasure of my life. Whether I have little or I have much, I have Jesus. Whether I got the new car or the old car or no car, I got Jesus. Live where you're blessed. But find your happiness and your joy and your contentment in the sufficiency of the Savior. Some of us hear that and we're like, man, that's, that's not me. Most of us hear that if we're honest and that's not us. But what I love about this is Jesus wasn't standing on the mountain to identify the problem, was he? Well, let me sit down and tell you guys how far you are away from me. Let me sit down and just pull up a chair and tell you how, how bad you are. Was that the intent of this? No, Jesus sat down on the mountain and he invited us to transfer our treasure. He looked at a lot of people who had all different manner of treasure. I don't know if there was anybody on the mountain other than Jesus who treasured the treasure of heaven. Peter, what's your treasure? Probably Peter. Thomas, what's your treasure? I'm an intellectual. Bartholomew, what's your treasure? I just want people to know my name, right? <laughs> James, John, what about you? Oh, we sons of thunder, we probably like to argue. Our opinion is our treasure. What about you? Oh, I just want my fishing business to take off. What about you? Oh, I just, I love my family. I, I don't know if anybody on the mountain had yet found the treasure of heaven. But I love what Jesus is doing. He's setting down where all eyes can see. And he's inviting everybody that has their treasure in the wrong spot to just lay it aside and to treasure him. I think in Job, there's a passage that says when we lay our gold in the dust, then we'll treasure him. And Jesus is sitting on this mountain 
And he's saying to all these people today, because I left heaven and I came here today because I showed up where you don't have to just hear about me from somebody today because I came front and center and I climbed up the mountain where even the people in the back can see today. I just want to invite everybody to transfer your treasure. See, here's what Jesus is doing this morning. Some of us this morning can say, my treasure is not Jesus. And maybe that's the starting place. But Jesus doesn't just want to leave you there. This morning, Jesus is inviting you to see and savor the sufficiency of a Savior. He's inviting you today out of just religion, just coming to church and doing the thing. And he's saying, you can today begin to cherish me. You can today fall in love with me. I came, I leveled to you so you could see. And today, I'm not just here to point out, nobody has your treasure in the right spot. I'm saying today, you can put it there. Do you see it? Do you see it yet? You can place your treasure in me. You can find it in me. And if that's you this morning, I don't just want you to leave this place and think, I don't have it together. I want you to find a spot and come and lay your gold in the dust. (laughs) And begin the process of treasuring the treasure of heaven.